Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, a quick note about ads from us, your hosts. We are picky about our advertisers and all of our partners or brands or products that we either use ourselves or that we think our audience would benefit from knowing about. Working with advertisers is what allows us to make this show and they keep working with us because you, our listeners, use the unique links and codes they provide. It's one of the most meaningful ways to support what we do. So thanks for that. We're really, really grateful. If you're ever looking for a specific code, head to a thing or two hq.com slash sponsors and you'll find them all. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thing or two hq.com and sign up for a secret menu, which will get you weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two hq. To share your thoughts with other listeners of the podcast, join our Geneva. Oh my gosh. Also, hey, if you're on the Apple Podcast app right now and mm-hmm. you've never left us a review or or hit five stars or anything like that, just scroll down and do that right now. Just hit five stars. We'll just, you give, you, we'll just give you a minute to do it. We'll just <laughs> sit quiet here. And <laughs> That was long enough. Hi. Hi. I have straight hair. You have straight hair. You, you told me I need hair. to address it for the listeners. <laughs> well, now that we have a TikTok account and we're posting mm-hmm. video, people are going to yeah. notice, Claire. They're going to know Thanks. and they're going to get comments. It's and- temporary. I get this defrizzing treatment from Rudy Pena at Julian Farrell Salon. And part of the process is that he flat irons it into my hair and then I leave it in for 24 to 36 hours and then wash it out and go back to curly hair. But it's less a less frizzy and more relaxed version of my curly hair. But I used to straighten my hair, as you know, quite often in yes. like at the end of high school. I did it for the first time ever, I think, junior or senior year of high school. And then throughout college when I had the time, I would do at it. At the turn of the century. Yeah, at <laughs> the turn of the century. And so and now I have no interest whatsoever in having straight hair ever. And so what happens is it just brings me back into this like in a very intensely intense way to being at the turn of the century it's yeah, just, it's totally. so not me at all it is fun for like a second to be like this is me as a straight-haired person and that person is totally <laughs> different I don't know who she is but I'll let you know when I find out <laughs> please 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 I hope she's into CrossFit definitely <laughs> is Okay, so something we've talked about on the podcast before that somehow has just come up again way more than I would have thought is After Dark. So when we talked about this before, we talked about it specifically 
in the context of the screensaver because that had come up in your life somehow. And then you related it back to Peach Pit After Dark. And I can't remember the time if we just like talked about the fact that I've just always thought separate from Peach Pit and the screensaver that After Dark meant sexy. Well, Peach Pit After Dark was definitely meant to be Peach Pit Sexy. That was their like short, like, yeah, like sexy, unique Peach Pit. (laughs) So so the term After Dark has come up several times, which we'll get into in a moment, just like across, it's come across my radar several times in the last couple of months. And every time I'm like, do we, do I have the wrong Have we agreed on a definition? (laughs) Have we agreed on a definition? So Erica, I Googled, like, what does After Dark mean? And everything is literally just like, it means when the sun has gone down. <laughs> well, nighttime. yeah. So then I really did start to be like, is this one of those things where I've gone my whole life thinking, like, is it a misheard lyric? You know? Right, what, right, right, and, right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then so then I asked Chris last night, I said, what does After Dark mean for you? And he's immediately like, well, mean t- yeah. <laughs> what does After Dark mean for you? <laughs> Okay. And I, instead yeah. of just responding, he just like, it's clear I'm about to get a lecture. And he's like, it's loaded for people our age. And I was like, okay, thank you. Tell me more. And he was like, it's because of Cinemax and BET who use the term after dark. And that was for their sexy content. So I Googled, I looked up on YouTube Cinemax after dark and it was porn, basically. It was like light porn. Cinemax. It It was was Cinemax. And so then I felt validated of like, okay, that is what that term came to mean, at least for a certain generation of people. So then I, you know that I love that daily trend report from Cassandra. This is a trend so forecasting agency, right? And so they do a whole thing about like grown-up toy companies, basically. They're toy companies appealing to grown-ups. And they single out Build-A-Bear, which came out when we were young or, you know, started when we were young. And so has this sort of devoted following of people our age who remember it from when they were kids. And so Build-A-Bear has now leaned into its popularity with grownups by launching an adults-only e-commerce site called The Bear Cave that requires users to confirm they are over 18 before entering. They also released an after-dark collection of plushies aimed at adults. So I read this and I'm like... Plushies? Okay, so plushies (laughs) is a word that also implies something else. And what they mean here is just stuffed animals. Thank you, Erica. And again, like plushies was a point of fascination for our generation. So everything about this, I'm like holy shit, I will be clicking through to understand. I will confirm I'm over 18. Yes. And then you get there and Claire, what happens? So so we'll start with the bear cave, which yes, you have to confirm you're over 18. It's all just brand collabs with like <laughs> slightly grown up brands. And by slightly grown up brands, I just mean Swarovski, the Van Gogh Museum, <laughs> Doctor Who, like not Sesame Street. <laughs> I was like, this is what I had to confirm that I was 18 or older to get. And then I'm like, well... This is just the bear cave, to be fair. This is not specifically the After Dark collection. Well, I went to the After Dark collection, and Erica, it is just all bears drinking alcohol. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like bears with white claws is basically what After Dark means. It's so wild. I was like, if this is meant to appeal to the Spencer Gifts generation, this is completely missing the mark. Because Spencer Gifts was the After Dark store at the mall. And it was Build-A-Bear After Dark. Yes, it was. (laughs) Spencer Gifts was Build-A-Bear After Dark. You didn't need to reinvent the wheel. The sexiest thing on this website is a stuffed dog Uh wearing a costume that looks exactly like the sexy Santa costume that they wear in the talent show in Mean Girls. Like, I think it, I think that that was the direct inspiration. I can't imagine. 100%. And yes, of course, this dog has some sort of like eggnog. Yeah, eggnog in a martini glass. Which, yeah. as, as you do, uh-huh. with cinnamon uh-huh, stick totally. garnish. 
and, and like a heeled boot, black ankle booties. <laughs> <laughs> the dog's name is Barclay. A R K L E I, which is also a direct appeal to our generation who decided you couldn't be A S H L E Y; you had to be A S H L E I G H. So this, I guess it's Barkley. I think I it is Barkley, just spelled with E I G H, like Ashley. Uh huh. It feels uh-huh. like somebody over there had a sense of humor and really understood millennials, but then someone else was like, but keep it like PG rated. But still make people confirm <laughs> they're 18. <laughs> because that will get them excited. I mean, it's a, good, it's a good marketing trick. I was aware of these heeled booties because my mother-in-law. <laughs> these stuffed, stuffed heeled booties. Uh-huh. Well, so my mother-in-law <laughs> took Cam to Build-A-Bear at Mall of America last week after running several other gifts by us that she wanted to get him. And we were like, he has so many mermaids and princesses. Can we cool it? She was like, fine, I'll take him to build a bar. And we're like, great. That sounds awesome. So she takes me to the Mall of America. I get a video afterwards of this thing he's created. It's a hot pink bear wearing a sequin mini dress with purple glitter high heel booties, a yellow neon beanie, and carrying a microphone. And he picked out all of these accessories himself. And I have to tell you, this thing is way sexier than anything in the Build-A-Bear After Dark collection. And he didn't even have to show ID. No, he didn't. It is very sexy. And the and the shoes <laughs> he tried to put on because they're real, like, real little high heels. I mean, they're too small for him, but if he were younger, he could be wearing these high heeled booties himself. The one thing I didn't like is the hat. I don't understand the hat. And it, I I know there's no feedback for me to give or there's not an audience that is interested in my feedback on this. But I was like, what pop star are we emulating here? Who is this one that wears a sequins dress and glitter boots and this dorky neon hat? The hat makes absolutely no sense. It's completely ridiculous. Aside from the neon beanie, she's basically like a Vegas lounge singer. Right. Right. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. It's like some version Mm -hmm. of it's like someone from Nashville, the TV show. Yes. Right. Like that is the vibe. Her name is Glitter Sparkle. Glitter. (laughs) First name Sparkle. Last name. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Anyway, so I Build-A-Bear has gone off the rails. I did used to think it was kind of a classy shop and I don't (laughs) anymore. You know what changed it for me that they have the airport vending machines? Oh, I haven't seen those. Oh, I find it offensive. And here's why. (laughs) The idea is that you're building a bear. Yes. Not that you are buying a bear from a vending machine and maybe buying a pair of shoes from a vending machine. That is not the experience we were promised. No, you're in, in a the name. Bear factory. You are stuffing the bear. Correct. This is a ready-to-go bear that was pre-built. Oh, I don't like that at all. Thank you. Build a bear, call us. We have some <laughs> ideas. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. I've just been thinking a lot about how one of one of the things I wish people taught us more about and, and gave us a better like guide to of like framework, a user's manual for is grief. Mm, yes. And how to process grief. And it's just something that's come up a lot in my life recently. And I just have like, I've been prescribing podcasts to people um, <laughs> and be like, you need to listen to Norm McInerney's and he's terrible things for asking. You need to listen to All There Is, Anderson Cooper's new podcast, mm-hmm. which is all like wonderful, like incredible mm-hmm. content and way to, you know, help process these things and think about them and get other people's perspectives. But then from there, it's like you maybe need to talk to a professional and, mm-hmm. you know, talk to a therapist and someone who can give you genuine tools beyond me. <laughs> just saying, listen to a 45 minute podcast, see how that goes. Yes. Yes. Therapy is just really helpful in all situations, especially in grief. But even if you're not dealing with something that you deem to be, you know, 
worthy necessarily of therapy. Guess what? You don't need to have anything worthy what of is therapy worthy? to what engage in. Yeah. You just need to be a living person. You learn coping skills, self-empowerment. You can deal with traumas. Therapy is helpful for everybody. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash a thing or two. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash a thing or two. Thank you so much to NetSuite for sponsoring today's episode. 2000, 2008, 2022. Ah, <laughs> God. When it comes to the economy, those are some scary years. Dot-com crash, housing crash, and whatever the roller coaster is that we are going through right now. One thing is certain, it is a dangerous time to not know your numbers. But over 31,000 businesses have the confidence and clarity they need because they rely on NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. It's something, Claire, you and I've talked about all the time, which like the, the anxiety that you feel when things just like generally seem mm-hmm. scary versus actually knowing what your financial business financial situation is can be worse. Even if you're like not where you want to be, even when the numbers are bad, <laughs> just like not on the trajectory yes. that you thought you were going to be at this point. This is something that Suze Orman taught me when it came to personal finances, mm-hmm. that knowledge is power and you just have to look, even though it's scary and you know, eliminate all the emotions and the shame from it and just look at the numbers. And it is also true when it comes to your business. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting so you can manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. So how do you prepare for uncertain times? The answer, NetSuite. NetSuite helps you identify rising costs, automate your business processes, and easily see where to save money. That's why 93% of customers say they improved their visibility and control when they upgraded to NetSuite. So what are you waiting for? Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind special financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash a thing or two right now. netsuite.com slash a thing or two. Again, that's netsuite.com slash a thing or two. From the offices of Create and Cultivate, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the host of Work Party, a podcast for ambitious women looking to create and cultivate the career of their dreams. Work Party is paving the way for a new generation of women, women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. Every Wednesday, we bring in leading female powerhouses for real talk and BS-free advice on building your business. You'll hear from female founders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, creatives, and so many other badass ladies. Are you ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Then tune into Work Party, the podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show and never miss an episode. But hold on. Okay. I, after we're not dark, even done, we're with, not even after done with the after dark segment because it's come up several other times. So right after I tell you, I'm like, Erica, what is this build a bear after dark? <laughs> I swear to God, the next day, Emily Henry, the author of romance novels like Book Lovers and Beach Read, Instagrams, the ebook of Book Lovers is on huge sale for the next few weeks in the UK. And it got this sexy after dark cover. So she acknowledges that after dark is sexy. Don't you think? I think although so. She, I guess, although she uses sexy as an adjective to describe right. it. So it's not a, it's not synonymous. She I don't also, know. I don't know. She also capitalizes after dark. 
capital right. A, capital D. I mean, she right. has this sexy after dark cover. And I'm like, okay, let's see how sexy it is. It's just people in canoes, but at nighttime. So this is where yeah, I'm it like. It is like truly the sun has gone down. <laughs> there it is a nighttime cover. Like, and I guess nighttime is inherently sexier than daytime. I think that is the implication of all of this is that nighttime is sexy. But let me take you on a left turn. Yeah. Then we learn about this podcast, National Parks After Dark, which is apparently hugely popular. A podcast that brings together the macabre and the outdoors. Definitely not meant to be sexy. And it's basically about like people who like don't leave the park. Yeah. 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 It's like true crime meets national parks, I think. Meets scary stories we tell in the dark. There's nothing sexy about that. That's just like it's probably too adult for kids and, and it literally takes place at nighttime. So then I really I was like, okay. So this is what this is when I started the Google of being like, I have missed this is my misheard song lyric. Right. And I need to like I must ask the 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 powers that be what the answer is and the powers that be in this case are Urban Dictionary. Right. Cause I think because Miriam Webster was like, no, it literally means at nighttime. It had no well, reference Webster, whatsoever. No. Yes. <laughs> I, so then I'm like, surely Urban Dictionary knows. No. According to Urban Dictionary, After Dark is an account on a social network dedicated to the steamier or more controversial side of a better known blogger slash tweeter slash poster, as opposed to one's public daytime accounts. After Dark accounts are usually non-public NSFW and require a request to be added before these are visible. This keeps the content out of the bosses slash public slash spouses slash lover's eye. The name alludes to what goes on outside of work traditionally at night, such as sex or partying. Some After Dark accounts include the words After Dark in the username, while others use different or obscure names so that the true owner will not be recognizable to strangers, but clear to anyone who knows him slash her. And then I felt really out of the loop because I was like, oh, there's a whole thing in addition. Wait, we're, we're creating nighttime accounts? We're creating <laughs> sexy finstas. Sexy finstas. I... And we're calling them after dark. Yeah. Okay. I, sh- yeah. So anyway, this has been an education for me for sure. I'm going to continue to use after dark to mean sexy. I think that's how Build-A-Bear is using it, whether or not it's working. <laughs> they mean boozy. Like and I, <laughs> they mean drunk. Yes, they mean drunk. That is exactly what they mean. Okay, a fascination, a trend report fascination mm-hmm. from me, Claire. Yeah. The term. Oh, yeah. Oh, so. Oh, is a Midwesternism mm-hmm. that I I believe has much broader utility. It's kind of like a y'all in that, like, why don't we all use it? Because yeah. like we should. It really. It, there's not another equivalent. Mm-hmm. So to me, it means something that's like basically a. Ki- Kin to like a combination of oops yeah. and oh. Yeah. And so you say things like, oh, didn't see you there. Or, oh, let me sneak sneak right past you. Or, oh, you dropped that. I intuitively knew exactly what you meant when you brought, you were like, I want to talk about this. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, I guess I like maybe say that sometimes. I mean, I, it's not like a frequent saying of mine, but I was like, yes, of course. But you showed it to me written out. And I was like, I've never seen it written out before. So I've started to see it written out more recently. And I think it's just like a bit having a moment. And Thomas and I started talking about this because he realized that this word is like very, very core to his vocabulary Mm -hmm. and is perhaps the most Midwestern thing about him at this point. Like he says it all the time and obviously just without thinking. It's just like a little response. And it's there's like a little bit of a sorry in there with so many Midwestern things there are. But it's it's not like like you actually did anything. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like. Sorry when I don't need to really be saying I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And so there's I there's this like 
very charming little video called School of Ope from a YouTuber named mm. Charlie Barons that explains like how and when you would use Ope. And it's basically just like always. Mm-hmm. And the, the like little mantra in it is when in doubt, Ope it out. Love it. Is this prevalent in Minnesota? Do you hear this when you go there? Well, the thing about it, I don't know because I... You didn't I'm, notice it as like a... Well, yeah. I'm just like, how how to explain it? I'm like, I I probably do hear it and I just don't notice it as a thing because I do, I think of it as a sound and I'm like... It is a sound. It yeah. is a sound for sure. Yeah. I don't the idea know. of it being a word. Yeah. yeah. I get well, but it. Now, but then putting it in the context of it being Midwestern, Minnesota has all these other things like, um, well, for one... Ufta. Yes. And that's, and so I don't think Ope would get as much, even merch in Minnesota because they're really leading with the Ufta. Yes. I think this is maybe more of a Wisconsin. Okay. Okay. Like thing. Maybe this is, or at least maybe Wisconsin is the real like hub. Okay. Of the Ope. I, okay. One of my best friend's moms, I can definitely hear her saying Ope and she is from, she is from Wisconsin. She's a I love big, it. She was a she was a sauerkraut queen of like Appleton, Wisconsin, or something, and she's stop. definitely an Oprah. Stop, stop, stop. The way that this has been popping up for me, in, that that I've been like intrigued by. So there's this, this social media account, Midwest versus everybody, and their their Twitter handle is Midwestern underscore Ope, and on Instagram, they're Midwest versus everybody. Yeah, it's they really like, having a moment, huh? They're really trying to make it the y'all of the Midwest. Yeah, and they also sell great Ope merch. I need you to look. Like They're, Ope in like Supreme style. Yeah, and Ope like on the, sweatshirt. The Drake, if you're reading this, it's too late. Fine. Yeah. It is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, so okay. There's an Ope shirt that says, Ope, sorry, on the front, and let me sneak right past you on the back. And the let me sneak right past you is actually what Ope means to me. <laughs> and it is certainly how I use the term. Ope. It's like you're coming out of the bathroom and someone's yeah. waiting in line and the door might kind of like bump into them or it's like there's not yeah. enough space. That's when you ope. You need someone to move out of the way of the drawer that you need to open and they're standing yes. at the counter. Oh, yes. Someone stops short. You step on the back of their shoe. Yeah. Ope. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yep. All, all use cases. Then this really peaked for me because I was trying to log into my bank account and my bank is University of Wisconsin Credit Union. And apparently I typed something wrong because I got the message, oh, incorrect username and password. Please try again. So much more than I needed or expected from University of Wisconsin Credit Union. And I love it. And what is powerful, Claire, is that the rest of that message, incorrect username and password, please try again, are canned, generic, nothing, but with three letters and exclamation point, it has voice. It's that so it. good. It's it is really so good. Good. I'm so good. I'm quite impressed. Um, I would like to nominate this word as a like restaurant name for all mm. of the Midwestern themed restaurants that are popping up in our yes. neck of the woods, like Patty Ann's and mm-hmm. Emmett's on Grove. Like Ope feels perfect for the next one. The Midwest really is having a moment, isn't it? It really is. I think you're doing a lot of important work to elevate the brand of the Midwest. Do you think I'm thought leading in this? I think you're thought leading. You're also just like you're, I would say you're bringing visibility to great Midwesterners just by existing and being out in the world, producing content. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. For more of this, I really do recommend following this Midwest versus everybody account. It is just, it is just full of gems. And especially now that we're getting into like snow season, they Mm. (laughs) just have a lot up their sleeves over there. We might just need a Midwest episode at some point. There's so much good Midwest content. Something else that keeps coming up recently, I think in part, for two reasons. One, it 
we have just started having more in-person meetings and seeing the people we haven't seen in so long. I have just been at so many birthday parties and play dates. And so I keep meeting a lot of Cam's friends, parents, and everybody's like, wait, so what exactly do you do? Yes. And, and, well, and three, I think our DMs whenever we're like, what should we talk about on the podcast? What do you want to know about? Their oh, people yeah. are like, all caps, what do you do? Yes, that's like, true. Like besides this, like what do you do? And some people ask it, just like very sort of like curiously and trying to be would love to hear more about your consulting work if you're ever up for talking about it but the thing that it really struck me was when you and I went to breakfast with someone we hadn't seen in a long time and he acted like it was like a secret thing (laughs) that we were keeping under wraps that it was stealth (laughs) he was like so tell me like what you're but like what do you guys actually do what are you doing yeah like what what do you what do you do and I have to say that I I after of a kind I always thought it would get easier to explain what it is I do because when people used to say what do you do when we were of a kind, I go, well, I have this company and we sell <laughs> things from emerging designers and it was such a, and, I, and then I wouldn't know where to I go. I have this company is yeah. always a perfect start. <laughs> what, how would you lose someone there? You know? <laughs> Cause then, you know, sometimes it'd be like, when I started with my friend, it would always went off the rails. And then sometimes we would introduce each other as friend. And sometimes mm-hmm. we'd introduce each other as business partner. Yeah. And one time we were at some party and you introduced me to this dude Marshall as your business partner and he just like laughed for five minutes. He thought it was so funny. He was like, can't you just say she's your friend? <laughs> Probably. That's really funny. Anyway, turns out I, it, it's not actually easier now to describe what I do because now I do this thing because I'm just not good at giving people broad strokes. I do this thing where I go, I spend about half my time on a newsletter and a podcast and then the other half of my time I spend on consulting. And then I consult on like retail and brand and content and, da, 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 and people and you're just like blank stare of like, wait, now we're getting into like half and half the and the it. one half is split into a newsletter and a podcast and a subscriber. And it's like, why? I, nobody wants to know what I do that makes streams. it worse. Yeah. Tell me. I, I try to do the mental math of how much time I think I'm currently spending on each thing of being well, I think I, I spend like 40% of my time <laughs> on podcast news. Why am I? Who cares? Nobody. Erica, I, it is truly better than what I do where sometimes I'm like explaining like, well, and then we like the podcast, it's like advertising dollars. I won't fucking ask the revenue streams of this business. No, no. But from now on, we're just going to direct them to the timestamp on this episode, right? Because we're going to explain what we do. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. So in addition to the podcast and the newsletter <laughs> that you all are aware of and that we spend anywhere from 30 to 50% of our time on, we consult. I would say 31 to 53, but <laughs> <Yes>. go on. <laughs> Fair. Fine. We consult largely and most often on content projects, largely and most often for retail and design brands but not always. So we've had some really fun and just rich projects in retail strategy and branding and collaboration strategy, business development. It's stuff like creating podcasts mm-hmm. for brands or developing newsletter concepts for brands or coming up with these editorial and partnership big ideas. And then like executing on those things because we actually like the executing part. In a million different ways, consulting has been a really nice chapter for us. First and foremost, because it has been <laughs> so refreshing to take everything we learned at of a kind and apply it to other people's businesses with the distance of it not being our business and to worry about other people's problems and to have perspective that comes with being external to someone's company. And to learn something from one project and to apply yes. it to another and for all of these things to just sort of like cross-pollinate in that way where you'll be working on one thing and being like, oh, that gave me an idea for this. Totally. I, I really like having the distance and also just like the sort of variety, the spice in our life of varying percentages. <laughs> Nothing says spice like varying percentages. Yeah, exactly. 
Thank you so much to Noisoft Bazaar for sponsoring today's episode. I am so excited to be working with Noisoft Bazaar. It feels like a real full circle moment because I remember when I just had a baby and a close friend of mine had just had a baby at the same time and we were talking about where to get cute stuff to put the kids in. She was like, okay, I'm going to tell you about this thing noise off bizarre, but don't you dare go talking about it and like putting it in your newsletter and like doing it because I don't want other people to know about it. She was like, it's this resale site, but it's all really good, sick stuff from like cool people. And it's really good brands. And I just feel like if you tell too many people about it, I won't be able to get the stuff I want. And she was right. It's really, really good. And now this thing has blown up and it's big enough that we can talk about it because guess what? Like there's enough stuff on it. So Noise Off Bazaar is the only peer-to-peer resale market focused on independent fashion labels. They have, by the way, stuff for, they have home stuff. They have adult stuff. They have kids stuff. It's a community of slow fashion enthusiasts buying and selling quality goods from adult to kid to clothing, home goods, and vintage gems. Their team curates every item that is submitted, which means no more digging through the abyss of fast fashion items. They offer a boutique type shopping experience, but with all secondhand items. And it's a great way to try and discover new brands without paying the full retail price. Buying and selling are both easy, fun, and secure, and they foster a community of buyers and sellers who appreciate well-made items and a circular economy. Listing is free and their selling fee is lower than the big resale sites. Visit noiseoffbazaar.com. That's N-O-I-H-S-A-F. So that's fashion spelled backwards, bazaar, B-A-Z-A-A-R.com to buy, sell, and even make some new friends. Thank you so much to Life MD for sponsoring today's episode. So I know I do this all the time and I can't imagine there's anyone who hasn't. We all have that thing where you have a cough, you have like maybe a weird rash, whatever it is. And you're like, I know I should probably get this checked out, but it just feels like such a hassle. And even just to find the doctor, then to make the appointment, schlep all the way to the doctor's office, maybe wait a long time. And it's like, you've got other stuff to do. LifeMD has created a better and more affordable way for people to speak to doctors without leaving their homes. The days of depressing waiting rooms, awkward in-person visits, and confusion on who to call are over. You can now video chat with a board-certified physician and get the prescription you need in as little as 15 minutes. Visit LifeMD.com slash a thing or two today and see why LifeMD is America's most trusted leader in virtual healthcare. With LifeMD, America's healthcare system is enabling doctors to reach patients in their homes through revolutionary virtual healthcare. So don't put off that thing just because you're so daunted by the entire process. With LifeMD, there's no excuse. You can talk to an incredible five-star certified physician in less time than it takes to fold your laundry. They help with so many different needs, ranging from annual checkups to lab tests to chronic conditions like diabetes, weight loss, and more. Finding the right doctor can be so frustrating, and it can be hard to even know where to begin. LifeMD's patient platform and app make this so easy now. All you have to do is select your symptoms, pick your preferred doctor, and LifeMD does the rest. Visit lifemd.com slash a thing or two now or download the app and see why LifeMD is America's trusted telehealth leader. That's lifemd.com slash a thing or two to experience healthcare the way it should be. Thank you so much to Honey Love for sponsoring today's episodes. Holiday parties and events are here and you know what is the absolute worst thing? Having this perfect outfit that you've concocted, you're like ready to go. And then you're realizing, oh, damn, I do not have the right bra. I don't have the right underwear. I don't have the right undergarments, period. I can't wear this outfit. You can save big this holiday season with Honey Love. And for a limited time, you can get Honey Love on sale. Save 20% off your entire order with the code thinger 220 at honeylove.com. There's so much to be grateful for this year, including Honey Love and all of their incredibly comfortable bras, tanks, and leggings for everyday support. 
The thing we love about Honey Love is their crossover bra, which is also the most popular bra they have. This bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwire, so there are no pokes or marks. It's also incredibly soft and surprisingly strong and features adjustable straps. We all have our favorite go-to bra, and this one will be yours. You won't even want to take it off when you get home because it is that comfortable. Honey Love is seriously as beautiful as lingerie. The quality is insane, the details are stunning, and you'll feel incredible when you wear it. It's designed for comfort and looks, and it's the secret sauce you need for your everyday wardrobe. This year's holiday season is all about self-love, and there's no better self-love than giving yourself an upgrade of comfort and confidence with Honey Love's elite products. Honey Love should be the number one gift to yourself this holiday season. Whether it's for a wedding, a Thanksgiving feast, or an everyday boost of confidence, Honey Love is the perfect plus one. Plus, there's no risk. Honey Love offers free virtual consultations with fit specialists and a 30-day money-back guarantee. Treat yourself to the best bras on the market. Get 20% off your entire order with the code thinger 220 at honeylove.com. Feel and look as sexy as possible these holidays with Honey Love. You deserve it. Something else relevant to us that came up recently? Yeah. Speaking of the Midwest, speaking of the Midwest, yeah. we were, there was a story in the New York Times called A Landmark as Women Will Coach Against Each Other in Men's Soccer. What a weird headline. Anyway, it was basically <laughs> The landmark about, is in scare quotes. <laughs> oh, God. This story was about the University of Chicago a men's soccer team playing against the NYU men's soccer team. And we went to University of Chicago. And so like, you know, this was very compelling. It's women in sports. It's U of C. It's mm-hmm. like, what's not to like? And it was just like a fascinating read on so many levels. Well, because both teams, what what was landmark about this was both men's soccer teams have head coaches who are women. And this is incredibly rare. Also, both And teams- it's like also hard to pick that out of the headline of the story, <laughs> to be clear. Well, and both teams had been doing really well this season, which you might not know otherwise because I believe that they're D3 soccer teams. Correct, correct, correct. But it was a really inspiring read. I mean, for one, there's just so few women in coaching positions, which, you know, I guess we all sort of know inherently, but never stop to think about why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So according to data published by the U.S. Department of Education, only about 5% of all men's college teams are coached by women, and the majority of those are in low-revenue combined gender sports like skiing, swimming, and track and field. The other little tidbit that I thought was interesting was, but Title IX does not govern coaching hires. Only 42.7% of the coaches of women's collegiate teams are women. In 1971, about 90% of coaches of women's college teams were women. And I was wondering if that had to do with Basically, the way that Title IX made women's sports more competitive and legit, like did Mm. that make male coaches want to coach them and thus Mm. push women coaches out of those roles? And also related, did the pay improve thus making it more appealing? Because like, because when I was like, well, in 1971, how much money do you think a women's a woman coach of a women's team was making? I think you're probably right. That people just took it more seriously. So then it became, well, we got to put the men in charge because this is now a money-making operation. This is now a thing. People are paying attention to it. It's attracting students. Yeah, I don't know. It's definitely, whatever the answer is, it sucks. (laughs) Whatever the the explanation is. There's this quote that really gets at the heart of it of like why this is a compelling story aside from just like it's rare. 
So this woman is quoted, she says, it's immensely important because we know from the data that when young men are exposed to female leaders in the context they care about, like sports, they have more egalitarian perceptions and beliefs about gender and leadership. Then they are more likely as they graduate from college to treat women as equals in the workplace and perhaps in their personal relationships. Your coach as a youth is such an influential person for you, right? Like in your relationship with them can be so formative and and the fact that there just aren't more women in this position has really like it has long-term effects presumably on the yes on how you relate to women I, so I was like oh this is so interesting and then of course yeah the UFC pride of like glad to see us on the forefront of this thing yes 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 I look to see who won and I'm not I have to be honest I'm not great at reading s- scores but I think that I think it was a tie Box scores aren't your thing I think it was a zero zero tie it was a tie it yeah. was a tie yeah, you're right. It's okay. a tie. But and a, a, a tie of zero. Is there a name for that? Probably, but I don't know it or remember it. Oh, what this made me think of, your whole thing about the, when young men are exposed to female leaders, I was telling you about, I was listening to an episode of Throwing Fits and they had Aaron Levine on and he was talking about, and he's like, a he like ran, he was like the creative head of Abercrombie for years and he designs for a ton of cool brands. He does Made Well Men, he does Vince, he does bunches of, of things. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he was, they were t- asking who his sort of influences, mentors, all of those things were. He talked about one, how inspired he was by his mom's personal style when he was growing up. And not just in a like, my mom has cool style and that makes me care about style. Like he wanted the Reeboks his mom had. Mm -hmm. He wanted the clothes that his mom was wearing Mm -hmm. in a way that I was just like very charmed by. Mm -hmm. But then he was just talking about, you know, his most influential boss who was a woman and who I think heads up Vince now or the creative team at Vince now. And it just made me excited and like more than it probably should Mm -hmm. to hear this guy herald the sort of women who 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 led him as a men's fashion designer speaking of world-class performers is that a good segue speaking of totally totally the first time Dua Lipa came up on this podcast was years ago when we had our Eric Thomas on and he was writing about culture and writing about a lot of youth culture and I was like how do you even like know what a Dua Lipa is I remember at that point I truly (laughs) did not know I was like I know that she is a performer but I'm not even positive it's a she and now I you can, know now you know. Well, it you medium. helped me take her a little bit. I did like okay. No, you know oh. what happened? That Elton John song. Wow. Okay. Some smart executive at a music label was like, anybody who doesn't know about Dua Lipa yet will know after this Elton John song. Thomas is a big fan of Dua Lipa. Mm-hmm. Has been for years. She falls into his kind of like disco mm-hmm. renaissance vibes. Mm-hmm. All the cool tweens I know. This is the concert they want to go to. Mm. Dua Lipa is like what who they want to see with their mom. Like that's that's the thing. My niece who's 12, my friend Tony who's mm. 12. This is like these are like pinned to the to the like bulletin board and okay. is Dua Lipa. Okay. Then I read a Vogue profile of her earlier this year because I also just felt like I don't really know mm-hmm. enough about this person, but I do feel like she's everywhere. And I also, for whatever reason, have been just really into reading <laughs> like celebrity profile, mm. like in a physical magazine, mm-hmm. just like, let sure, it's here. Why yeah. not? She was born in London, but her family's from Kosovo and she spent some of her formative years there. And there's a quote from her where she says, I'm always on the side of the oppressed. She's pro-labor party, anti-Brexit. Like she's, she doesn't get guns in America, like all of these things in a way that made me be like, oh, okay, I can get into you. 
Well, so, okay. What happened was you told me about her newsletter and I signed up and I was like, oh, there's all these Service 95, yeah. But then I started also getting all of these headlines about her that were consistent with this political stance that you just described. I was served something about her speaking out about the World Cup being in Qatar because I guess there were rumors that she was going to perform and she wanted to, you know, debunk them. And she said, I will be cheering England on from afar and I look forward to visiting Qatar when it has fulfilled all the human rights pledges it made when it won the right to host the World Cup. And I was like, wow, like where were you when all of these influencers were getting free trips to Qatar? Yeah. Somebody needed to tell them. Yes. Somebody needed to tell them. Somebody needed to tell them. Her newsletter, Service 95, I'm surprised by how often I open it. Or or I was initially surprised, at least, by how often I opened it. And then I realized it's because, like, oh, the content is good. Some of the recent headlines were, is gut health a rebranding of diet culture? Brian Stevenson on how to change the world. Sex positivity activists to follow. Like, this just, this feels... Great. I feel great about all those headlines. I really, you don't even have to open the newsletter. I mean, the newsletter is good, but to just see the headlines and being like, oh, this is who your cool tweens are following, that's great. Love, I it, love it. Love it. She also has a podcast called At Your Service. She basically has her very own thing or two. Do you think when people ask she her what inspired. she does? She was inspired. Do you yeah. think when people ask her what she does? <laughs> she's, she's like, like I have I, a podcast. 70% pop star <laughs> and then 14% podcast. But no, but podcast and newsletter. That's like a mini media yeah. company, basically. <laughs> yeah. And then she does she this hand really... gesture that I'm doing. Yeah. 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 Okay. Just like <laughs> a small to give people a sense of how wide the media company is. Yeah. Because sometimes you wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah. Just like a mini media company. But then I also like perform. And then like what happens is like I make most of my money from touring, but like album sales are like fine. But then I have to like give a lot of that money away. So it's like mostly touring with Live Nation. And like streaming doesn't pay that much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, <laughs> I don't know why she wouldn't say that. It's God, so strong. Someone help me be not a weirdo. Do a leap, but help me be not a weirdo when people <laughs> ask me what I do. Let's get her on. Yeah. Let's do a podcast swap with Dua Oh my Lipa. God. Let's see if she wants to swap. I would totally swap with her. I'd be on her that, podcast. Yeah. She can be on ours. Yeah. Perfect. 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 Okay. That's the show? Yeah. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ, and if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.